there's a new learning project being launched in Lincolnshire aimed firmly at helping our sector. So it's a different way of learning because it's about bringing your peers together and understanding the challenges that they're facing, but also making sure that the things that you're seeing at the present time, that there's a, a solution that's focused on your business. And agricultural chaplain Alan Robson has a few thoughts on the year and Christmas. It's gone in you know, up and down, ebb and flow waves through the year. You know, slight signs of optimism, then it, 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 it crashed back into, oh, this is hard going. The Week in Agriculture. This is The Farming Programme with Steve Orchard. Hello, hope you've had a good week. Welcome to the Christmas Eve, 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 Eve Farming Programme. Sean's here later. Is there a panto this year? Oh, no, there isn't. So he's gone all poetic on us. Kit has the market report and what chance a white Christmas, the festive weather forecast at the end of the programme. Now, please welcome, on a not very good line, I'm afraid, Stuart Roberts, Deputy President of the NFU. Stuart, you tweeted the other day about the Climate Change Conference COP26. Can you explain what that's all about? Yeah, it's uh, it's COP26. It's uh, it's in Glasgow next year. This is a big uh, intergovernment uh, a gathering on climate change. And I think it, it provides a, a real focus point, actually, for agriculture to shout about how we're part of the solution to climate change. Too often we seem to be painted as the villains of climate change, when actually I fundamentally believe uh, agriculture is, is the solution. We are one of the very few parts of the economy which actually acts as a, a carbon sink and a carbon store. Um, and alongside our net zero uh, commitment that we made uh, nearly two years ago now, uh, we're really keen that farmers uh, tell the public and tell uh, politicians what we are doing every day uh, towards net zero. And it's, it's Pledge 2040 you're referring to, Steve. Um, and I'd love uh, anyone to get on the NFU website uh, there's a map there. Put yourself on the map and tell the great British public what fantastic work farmers are doing towards net zero and how we're positively impacting on climate change uh, right at this very moment. And that's all on the NFU website, NFU Online, yeah? That's correct. If you go to NFU Online and search for Pledge 2040, uh, that'll take you straight to the map. Thanks for that, Stuart. Now, I see you've got your Santa hat on specially for us this morning. Uh, what's your and the NFU's Christmas message? So, look, after the uh, the year we've had, um, I think everyone deserves a uh, Merry Christmas. It won't be a normal Christmas, but I, I wish uh, all of our farmers, all of our consumers and, and everyone out there uh, the very merriest of Christmas and make sure your Christmas table is brimming with plenty of red tractor, fine British produce. Stuart, have a wonderful Christmas yourself, you and yours. And, and you, Steve. Stuart Roberts, Deputy President of the NFU, thanks for joining us and a very happy Christmas to you and yours. Lincolnshire Chamber of Commerce have an interesting new learning project coming aimed at the agricultural sector. The project is a peer network group where organisations from the agricultural sector come together to discuss business challenges and opportunities with expert facilitators with the aim of sharing best practice and ideas uh, and working through challenges like COVID, EU exit, sustainability, HR, finance, sales, market etc and learn from each other as well as the experts to tell us all about it welcome simon beardsley chief executive of lincolnshire chamber of commerce good morning simon tell us all about this new project 
Okay, so it's called peer-to-peer networking, and it's a national scheme, um, but it's delivered locally, so through the Business Lincolnshire Growth Hub. Um, but the deliverers for this particular part of the scheme are Lincolnshire Chamber of Commerce, and, and hence my involvement in it. What it's about is about bringing businesses together uh, with the help of a facilitator to focus on some of the important challenges that they would see in a uh, a day-to-day, weekly or or yearly cycle. So it's a different way of learning because it's about bringing your peers together and understanding the challenges that they're facing, but also making sure that the things that you're seeing at the present time, that there's a a solution that's focused on your business. So where a lot of the learning that you, you would go to is quite generic, and then you'd have to interpret that back in your workspace, the peer-to-peer networking uh, allows that focus on things that are, as I say, really important to your business or current and that you can drive those topics forward as well. Now, you say this is a, a national uh, scheme, but it's being delivered locally. And you're aiming this within Lincolnshire at the agricultural community. Yeah, there are seven um, different uh, varieties, shall we say, of, of this peer-to-peer networking. But this one definitely is focused on agriculture, horticulture and food-related businesses that are operating in, in Lincolnshire. Um, it's, again, just focusing on the needs of those businesses. Uh, I think we, we feel it's important that um, there is more of a, a, a buy-in uh, and by getting experts that focus on sectors rather than are too generic uh, will help businesses um, fulfil the, the needs of, of, of becoming part of one of those groups. Okay, now, is there a charge for this uh, network? No, no charge at all. I say it's fully funded by the government. It is part of the response to the current COVID situation, but also is there to help with EU exit uh, as well. So there are uh, a number of hours, and there's 18 hours in total that's all free of charge uh, for support. But there's also some dedicated time as well. So if you, uh, by participating in the group, uh, find that there's one area where you'd like to take more one-to-one expert advice from one of the uh, experts that you'll be exposed to, there's an opportunity for them to work with you free of charge for another three and a half hours as well. And are there any criteria that need to be met for, for joining the network? Now, you mentioned that uh, earlier that this is part of the government's sort of post-COVID uh, response. What happens when we get to that wonderful time, whenever that might be, when COVID is history? Does it continue? Well, these sessions are to be run before uh, at the end of March this year. So there's a, a narrow window to, to, to actually get in terms of, uh, of this particular uh, cohort. Um, we're running to, uh, they start in um, January, but I say they've got to be completed by uh, March of, of uh, next year. Um, after that, we're hoping if they were su- are successful that there'll be more funding towards them. 
Um, but I think we would uh, like to make sure that we get as many people into these sessions as we can uh, now because there are some topics that I think at this particular time are really important to focus on. We are living through a quite a, a fast-moving pace world at the present time where some things are certain and some are still uncertain if we, if we look at the Brexit agenda as such. Um, so there will probably be some topics now that are, are, are appropriate and they will be different, uh, hopefully, uh, for a future round that will come later on in the year. Simon, thanks very much indeed for that and for joining us on the Farming Programme this morning. For listeners who want to know more about the Peer-to-Peer Network, where can we find information? That's a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. The website address is links-chamber.co.uk or if you'd like to email us directly, marketing at links-chamber.co.uk. Simon Beersley, Chief Exec, Lincolnshire Chamber of Commerce. Thanks for joining us on the Farming Programme and have a lovely Christmas and a happy new year. And you too, and to your listeners. Thank you. To our final agronomy report of the year now, good morning to an excitable Sean Sparling. Yes, a very good morning to you, Steve. Yeah, well, it's nearly Christmas now, isn't it? It's getting exciting. I'm so excited. Five more sleeps to Christmas. And by the way, I hope you haven't spent a fortune on my present. I shall only be embarrassed. Um, so this week, it's going to be shorter and sweeter than ever for obvious reasons. My last agronomy report of 2020, and I'm running out of things to say. So, all seed rate. Just a few bits still to do with propizomide, the curb, the Astra curb out there. Remember, you're okay till the end of January. You're okay to apply it on a rime frost as long as you can get the spray out of the sprayer you can put it on and that's only really though if there's nothing else in the tank if you've got fungicide insecticide trace element additional graminicide in the tank you need a dry or drying leaf so if you can walk into the all seed rate field and see your trail where you've walked in and walked out it's way too wet to be including anything in that tank cabbage stem flea beetle i keep saying this levels are minimal astonishingly really up until last year it was unusual for me to cut a plant open and find a larvae and that's where I am this year last autumn every plant I cut open they were full of larvae now what I think has happened the reason why they're so low this year is because the wet weather last autumn not only killed the adults I mean it literally flooded them out and drowned them you could see hundreds of them laying dead in water filled tram lines and also rape fields but it was also the fact that the fields that did make it through the winter when we got into February March when we were cutting them open and they were full of larvae we were brutal we cut those crops out of the ground, we ripped them up and we put them in with something else. And I think we've completely disrupted the whole life cycle of cabbage stem flea beetle for the time being. Now, it may be one of those pests that has cycles where years are worse than other years. So orange wheat blossom midge has years like that and chafer grubs have a four-year cycle. So you always get a worse year. So hopefully the next time cabbage stem flea beetle does prove to be a real problem, we'll either have control methods in place or we'll understand more about how to do things culturally to keep in front of it or even have uh, varieties which have got tolerance or resistance built into them Um, but hopefully that will be the case by the time we get there again just remember as well as farms shut down for Christmas do please keep an eye open and make sure somebody is out there regularly looking for pigeons they're starting to find these rape fields now rabbits are out there slugs we're starting to find those again and slug traps keep those going so these pests aren't going to be stopping for Christmas just because we do. Cereals, we're pretty much done really. It's just those fields that won't travel that are left to do. And to be honest, they're unlikely to travel now for a few weeks. You know, you've got all that water sap um, on that slumpage that, we, that was caused by last autumn. We haven't had that much rain in the last eight weeks, but it, the, the top of these soils is just like a big sponge. It's not going anywhere. They're not drying out. It's not going to dry out particularly. So just watch those timing cutoffs 
um, and make sure you stay legal. Have a word with your advisor about any outstanding herbicide tickets and make sure that you are still within the legal parameters of application on those products. Still finding the odd aphid about. You could see the odd one the other day if you looked into the sun on a beautiful sunny day on Tuesday. In fact, I found some in a field that had been sprayed 10 days before with the pyrethroid. So we keep saying results of pyrethroids on aphids can be very, very variable. Um, so speak to your advisor about the thresholds. And if you can't travel, these are wingless aphids. They're unlikely to get much worse out there in the temperatures cold as they are now but also as they get colder hopefully we'll get some minus sixes which will be cold enough to kill off those aphids so perhaps a good cold hard winter coupled to the predators which are out there living in the fields with them would do far more good than an application of pyrethroid anyway winter beans are coming up really well but very little to worry about out there in those fields and that's really about it for agronomy in 2020 i just want to wish you all a happy peaceful and above all a healthy Christmas and a worry-free 2021. Don't worry, Sean. I haven't spent a fortune on your present. Now, before you go, no panto this year. I, I don't pretend that I could do to panto what Sean Dunderdale did for many years, and I mean that in a good way. But we do have a little festive poetry. So, yeah, I thought because normally at this time of year we would inflict the Dunderdale pantomime upon listeners, that pun fest, which is the the uh, Lynx FM pantomime. Because we're not doing that year, I thought I'd inflict something different, um, which is a bit of poetry that I've written about last year, and it's called at least we had a harvest and it goes like this as 2020 finishes and christmas is finally here we need to start looking forward and forget this awful year it started wet warm and winterless the wet was in the extreme and february proved to be the wettest we've ever seen march and april into may things turned dry and hot and though we prayed for things to grow they <coughs> well would not seed beds hot and dry and hard and seeds sat there in dust cereals peas and beans and beet came up in june but only just and bugs and aphids arrived in hordes we struggled to keep up our options few our tempers frayed but they just would not let up but on we pressed, we tried our best, and as combines began to go, it soon became blindingly obvious that quality and yields were low. And Annus Horribilis sums it up, the worst harvest for almost all. And then as sugar beet lifting got underway, crops proved sugarless and small. But at least we'd had a harvest in this awful, awful year. When it sat too wet, then it came too dry, and at least we are still here. Because, of course, there was something else a deadly new disease that's taken the lives of tens of thousands and brought the country to its knees. So my prayers and thoughts are with you as Christmas now draws near. At least we had a harvest in this awful, awful year. So I wish you well and I wish you all a Christmas packed with fun. Stay safe, stay happy and healthy and warm. And God bless us, everyone. Hear, hear. A very happy Christmas to you and yours, Sean. Sean Sparling, Sparling Agronomy Services. No agronomy report next week, but a look back from Sean at perhaps one of the most challenging years most of us have ever faced. The Week in Agriculture. This is The Farming Programme with Steve Orchard. Hello, my name is George Dunn, and I'm the Chief Executive of the Town and Farmers Association, and I wish everyone in the farming community a very happy Christmas and a very prosperous New Year.
Only five more sleeps till Santa then. Hope you got everything organised and are able to spend some time with loved ones subject to the restrictions and enjoy whatever you do over the festive period. Next week on the programme, we'll take a look back at 2020, although most of us will want to consign it to the non-recycling bin. In preparation for that, I've listened back to some of the additions going back over the year. And right at the start of 2020, my predecessor, Sean Dunderdale, was joined by agricultural chaplain Alan Robson. And Alan, you were kind of predicting a a bit of a choppy year for farming a year ago. Brexit, climate change, floods. Yeah. To say we've had a difficult year would be an understatement, but for reasons that were not predicted a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. um, The the weather was unpredictable and harsh and difficult, but eventually it came a little bit better and and things came in. We're ending the year with bird flu. Of the government lockdown, um, a different lockdown for the the bird population of the country, uh, domestic and commercial. They, they have to keep an eye on their birds. So yeah, it's gone in up and down, ebb and flow waves through the year. You know, slight signs of optimism, then it, it crashed back into oh, this is hard going. Yeah, yeah and different sectors have done better than others. The veg sector have kept going. It's been like a Christmas all year, I think for some parts of the veg sector. Um, So, yeah, it's been a challenging year. (laughs) You said on that broadcast uh, nearly a year ago that you felt the chaplaincy services would be needed more as the year went on. Has that been the case? Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, I can say that without qualification whatsoever. Um, Yes, the, the, the number of sadnesses, I think, due to COVID, uh, perhaps not directly by the illness, but by the impacts of it on on, on various sectors of uh, the industry. And, you know, the closure of all pubs and restaurants, it, it has knock-on effects for cash flows for two or three years um, now, and that will have a huge impact. So, yeah, I, my work um, and seeing people who are feeling, you know, what next? Which direction is it going? We haven't got the Brexit deal done yet or the trade. So the, the whole sheep sector the, is a massive export area. And if we don't get a deal, they're in trouble. So, yeah, issues ahead. And I've been talking to lots of farmers, ringing lots of farmers, if I haven't been able to go out and see them because of the restrictions. Um, and there is a general sense of, Right, what next and, and how are we going to get through this? And so support, Lincolnshire Rural Support Network and the chaplaincy you know, are looking to how we're going to adapt and make sure our services are available for whoever, wherever it's needed. My little mantra, cooperation, collaboration and communication, that's becoming my three C's in my head. We've got to collaborate more, but we've got to communicate more and better with intent to make a difference and we've got to cooperate and it isn't about individual groups it's about us sitting around the table and thrashing out difficult decisions and and we haven't been good at it in fact we've been disastrous at it whether you're rich or poor you know muslim or christian or hindu we're all people that need to work together to come up with the best solutions for our young people our families and all people of every type um, in society. And um, yeah, it's a big challenge and it's a big ask 
but we've got to find ways of making that happen. The churches haven't been good at it. The politicians haven't been good at it. Now is the time when we've got to get better at it and very quickly. Some wise words as ever from agricultural chaplain Alan Robson. He'll be back at the end of the programme. Before that, we must see how the markets are looking with his final report of the year, Openfield's Kit Dickinson. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. After the fireworks last Friday, a firming pound and a falling US market gave up most of the futures we had gained. Monday this week was a very difficult day as ultimately everything needed trading in quick succession. Traders are in a difficult situation as it is a difficult time in the current climate to know whether to be a buyer or indeed a seller. On a positive note, there are some large feed consumers taking cover for January through to March, a proper physical buyer at very high numbers. More news and importantly facts are emerging about the Russian export tax in February. The expectation is for a rush on boats before the 15th of February for the domestic values to fall. This will do two things, make Russian farmers sell grain now and also encourage countries who import wheat to buy it. Finally, currency has been fluctuating because of Brexit talks which amazingly still do continue. The pound firmed on Monday by over 1% at one point, which contributed to the losses we saw, although it has eased off again since then. Feed barley boats continue to be loaded in various ports around the country, and domestic homes also carry on taking an increased amount compared to previous years, as they add more feed barley to the ration. A key factor for barley will be the amount that can be physically exported in the new year, and only time will tell at this point. It is worth keeping an eye on moistures in sheds and also ensuring that the germination on the barley is still at 98%, which will ensure it passes the malting quality. It has been another quiet week for all seed rope with limited trading in the run-up to Christmas. £360 and above is still available in the new year, although the majority of the oilseed rape has been sold, so if there is some left in the shed after the main bulk of the crop has gone, it is worth locking it in at these prices. So moving on to prices this week for feed wheat, December 193 to 195, February 195 to 197, May 197 to 199, November new crop 154 to 156. Milling wheat premiums are currently at 20 to 22 pounds. Oilseed rate for December 355 to 356, February 359 to 361, with a flat price through to May at 359 to 361. Feed barley for December 141 to 143, limited carry through to February as we have discussed at 141 to 143. May 144 to 146 and November new crop 137 to 139. Malting premiums stay as they were at £10 for a 185 nitrogen and £20 for a 165 nitrogen. Well, that's it from me. Merry Christmas, and I wish you all a very prosperous, happy New Year. Thank you very much. Thanks, Kit, for all your hugely important contributions to the programme all year. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Kit's back on January the 10th. And before we look at the weather for the week, one of the regular contributors to the programme, who's very much involved in the area's farming community, is Andrew Ward. And many of you will know Andrew and his father, Roy, who sadly passed away recently. The funeral took place last week. Uh, Roy will be much missed, and who better to pay tribute than Andrew? Many of you listening will have met my father. He was an extremely lively character, Lots of fun stories and tales from his younger days. 
He was also an extremely good farmer and I will be forever grateful for the opportunities that he has given me in life. I'd like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and make sure, if you can, that you have a very, very good time off. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, Good luck to all taking part in the Louth Christmas Charity Tractor Run, which is on this evening. 50 tractors all dressed up for Christmas and raising money for St Andrew's Hospice. You'll be able to see them all around Louth. Please show your socially distanced support. The road run starts at five tonight. So, how festive is the weather feeling this week? The Farming Programme. Five-day forecast. A white Christmas unlikely unless you're in Scotland. A mixed week, starting with a mostly dry day today. Winds in the mid-teens but gusting to 30 miles per hour from the southwest. Highs around 8 Celsius. Rain overnight into a breezy Monday. Winds gusting up to the mid-30s, mostly from the west. Dry for the most part after lunch. Temperatures getting up to around 9 Celsius tomorrow. The middle of the week looks mostly dry. Plenty of sunshine, just a gentle breeze from the south and west. Getting colder though, with highs of 3 or 4 on Thursday. And Christmas Day, typically overcast with some showers. Light winds from the west picking up as the day goes on. Highs around 7 Celsius. So 2020 is nearly done. Just another 10 days to go. Next week on the Farming Programme, we'll take a look back at a year that will live long in the memory. In the meantime, I'll try and find some positive thoughts to include in the 2020 review. On behalf of the Farming Programme team, I wish you a very Merry Christmas. Relax, have a drink, eat too much, take time with the family if you can. I'm Steve Orchard. See you next Sunday. Final words must go to agricultural chaplain Alan Robson. I I am religious and I am of faith. It'll be however you imagine other that some people call God. You know, my prayer and hope for the future is that however you imagine that, Be with us in our isolation. Be close to us in our distancing. Be joy in our sadness. Be wisdom in our confusion. Let's inhabit our communities with kindness and compassion in the days to come. Let's communicate. Let's cooperate. Let's collaborate and make our communities a better place for our children and grandchildren in the days to come. That'll do.